Hi there, this is Taylor checking in with some conservation news from the past couple weeks for Pelicanus and Intentional Ecology. Working in the environmental field is an experience of some very high highs and some low lows. As always, there are horrendous environmental stories that deserve our attention, action, and mobilization, but it is our opinion that you can find those headlines in many places. But there are also empowering and inspiring stories that demonstrate major conservation successes from around the globe, achieved by real people who have grouped together to create a better planet. We've been collecting these stories and messages every week for years, and I'm still surprised at how resilient and creative both nature and humans are when facing big challenges. Hi everyone, we've got a handful of headlines for today's Pelicanus News. I've categorized them into protected areas, drawdown, justice, and rewilding. These stories are truly incredible and also reminders to me that conservation can actually work. Our first story in protected areas, first and only story in protected areas, is uh, from Reuters.com. Ecuador to expand Galapagos Marine Reserve. Ecuador will expand its Galapagos Marine Reserve by some 60,000 square kilometers and seek a conservation debt swap to finance it, President Guillermo Lasso said from Glasgow, where he was attending the UN Climate Conference. The Galapagos Island Reserve is already one of the largest in the world at 133,000 square kilometers, but the expansion will add the Cocos Ridge, which, which extends toward Costa Rica and is a feeding and migration area for endangered species. The new reserve will be divided into two equal, uh, equal areas. In one, fishing will be totally banned, while in the other, only fishing without so-called long lines will be allowed. Ecuador will seek to swap debt for conservation in a bid to create a trust that will allow it to finance the preservation of the areas and invest in better infrastructure and technology for the islands. We estimate it will be the biggest debt swap for conservation that has taken place globally until now. President Lasso said, without providing a figure or further details. This next one is in the drawdown category. I've got a couple here. Um, all of these are just incredible. This first one's coming from NPR.org. U.S. and China announce surprise climate agreement at COP26 summit. The United States and China, the world's two, the top two greenhouse gas-emitting countries, which together account for about 40% of the world's annual carbon output, announced they have agreed to cooperate on limiting emissions to address the global climate crisis. The agreement, announced at the United Nations COP26 climate conference in Glasgow, Scotland, aims to accelerate emissions reductions toward the goals set in the 2015 Paris Agreement. That accord held governments worldwide responsible for emissions cuts that would keep the global temperature rise well below 2 degrees Celsius relative to pre-industrial times with a target of 1.5 degrees Celsius. It's beneficial not only to our two countries, but the world as a whole that two major powers in the world, China and the U.S., should, should shoulder special international responsibilities and obligations, Chinese Special Climate Envoy Xi Zhenjua told reporters at a news conference. We need to think big and be responsible. That is... Really huge news, and love to see that. Uh, also at uh, COP, there was some news coming from MSN.com. 
Six automakers and 30 countries say they will phase out gasoline car sales. At least six major automakers, including Ford, Mercedes-Benz, General Motors, and Volvo, and 30 national governments pledged to work toward phasing out sales of new gasoline and diesel-powered vehicles by 2040 worldwide and 2035 in leading markets. The 30 countries that join the coalition include Britain, Canada, India, the Netherlands, Norway, Poland, and Sweden. The addition of India was especially notable since it is the world's fourth largest auto market and has not previously committed to eliminating emissions from its cars on a specific timeline. Other countries vowing for the first time to sell only zero emissions vehicles by a set date include Turkey, Croatia, Ghana, and Rwanda. But some of the world's biggest car manufacturers, including Toyota, Volkswagen, and the Nissan Renault Alliance, did not join the pledge, which is, not, which is also not legally binding. And the governments of the United States, China, and Japan, three of the largest car markets, also abstained. The announcement, though, made during the international climate talks was hailed by climate advocates as yet another sign that the days of the internal combustion engine could soon be numbered. Electric vehicles continue to set new global sales records each year, and major car companies have recently begun investing tens of billions of dollars to retool their factories and churn out new battery-powered cars and light trucks. The automakers that signed the pledge accounted for roughly one quarter of global sales in 2019. The next article here is under our justice category. It's from abcnews.go.com. Judge OK's $626 million million settlement in Flint water litigation. A judge approved a $626 million deal to settle lawsuits filed by Flint residents who found their tap water contaminated by lead following disastrous decisions to switch the city's water source and a failure to swiftly acknowledge the problem. Most of the money, about $600 million, is coming from the state of Michigan, which was accused of repeatedly overlooking the risks of using the Flint River without properly treating the water. The settlement reached here is a remarkable achievement for many reasons, not the least of which is that it sets forth a comprehensive compensation program and timeline that is consistent for every qualifying participant, U.S. District Judge Judith Levy said in a 178-page opinion. Attorneys are also seeking as much as $200 million in legal fees from the overall settlement, but Levy left that issue for another day. The deal makes money available to Flint children who are exposed to the water, adults who can show an injury, certain business owners, and anyone who paid water bills. About 80% of what's left after legal fees is earmarked for children. This is a historic and monumentous day for the residents of Flint who will finally begin to see justice served, said Ted Leopold, one of the lead attorneys in the litigation. Just as an FYI, there is no safe level of lead. It can harm a child's brain development and cause attention and behavior problems. Flint switched back to a Detroit regional water agency in fall 2015 after Dr. Mona Hanna Atisha publicly reported elevated lead levels in children. Critics say that the disaster in the predominantly black city was an example of environmental racism. So our last article here is in the rewilding category. This is from nps.gov, and I'd love to see this. Uh, Fishers are released at Olympic National Park. Federal, state, tribal, and partner biologists released five fishers from Alberta, Canada, into the lush coastal forest near Lake Ozette, 
the latest event in a nearly two decades long project to restore the native species to Washington state. Fishers, a member of the mustelid or weasel family, roughly the size of a house cat that feeds on rodents, hares, and even porcupines, were extirpated from Washington by the 1930s due to overtrapping, poisoning, and fragmentation of their forest habitat. This latest Fisher release is part of an ongoing partnership led by the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife, the National Park Service, U.S. Geological Survey, and the Conservation Northwest to restore the elusive carnivores to Washington's Olympic Peninsula and Cascade Mountains. A total of 90 fishers were captured in northern British Columbia and reintroduced to the Olympic National Park and surrounding areas on the Olympic National Forest from 2008 to 2010. Fishers from BC and later Alberta were then reintroduced to Washington's South Cascade Mountains in and around Mount Rainier National Park beginning in 2015 and in North Car- Cascades National Park beginning in 2018. The Washington Fisher Reintroduction Project met its goal in early 2020, releasing more than 250 total fishers along the Olympic and Cascade ranges, with successful reproduction documented in both areas. Um, But project partners saw an opportunity this year to boost the numbers and genetic diversity of fishers on the Olympic Peninsula using animals live trapped in Alberta. And in the upcoming uh, month of November and December, um, approximately 20 more fishers are expected to be be released at new sites. So that is really remarkable for the wildlife in the Pacific Northwest. All right, I hope these stories bring some optimism and lightness to your month, and I look forward to sharing more in the future. Thanks. Thanks.